Happy Friday, everyone, and welcome back to Brown Bag Bets, powered by Betsperts. We are your daily dose of quick and handicapping and sports betting picks. I'm Alex Christensen, and joining me as always, Mr. Andy Molitor. It's a nice button-up. I'm not much for the short sleeve button-up, but I like it. It's like a dad summer thing, you know. This is a good one to go to, like a say, a farmer's market in, or you know, come to work and watch the kids. And that's actually a shitty day out today, really. It's really rainy. Been that way for a while, but I'm indoors. I'm enjoying some. Uh, and speaking of rain, this golf might get rained out this afternoon too, which sucks. Sucks when rain affects our sports, but it is part of the deal. But yes, we are here on Friday. Um, kind of the last week before the, the storm of sports, we were just going over the college football landscape for next, uh, not only next week, but the week after that, there's a ton of college during the week. There's a Wednesday game, a handful of Friday games and a big mess of Thursday games. That'll be fun. I think we're going to have at least one, if not two college guests next week, to talk a uh, little surprise, surprise. I might, we might have a couple new shows, kind of centered around some college football and also featuring some college football coming up on the horizon very soon. But for now, we're going to do what we do because it's what we actually know. And no basketball today, but some golf, some tennis, some football, for sure some football. And we'll start with golf because they're playing. And, yes, there's no cut, still 70 men, 69 men. Patrick Reed is out of the hospital. Update on that. But I played some – I played some round two plays here. These are kind of smaller bets, but I did put these in this morning. I think all of these are still afternoon tea times where none of these guys have actually started. Usti uh, over how, and I took all underdogs. I found any, I, I basically went in thinking any underdog price where I have the two golfers even close, I'm going to grab because this course is playing like a, a Muni. Alex could go out there and shoot three over today. It's soft. It's easy. There's, there's, yeah, there's 60s. There's some 61, 62s out there for somebody. So high variance. I'm going to take dogs when they're good golfers and they're playing decent. So Usti over Hoblin. I think Usti looked fine yesterday. I don't think we we're too worried about the the withdrawal. And Hoblin got start but came back to earth. Um, actually, they were a matchup yesterday too. I think uh, Usti missed yeah. a four-footer to push on that. Uh Kepka, another one that came out hot. He played well. Like, he played well. It just kind of got lost in the shuffle when Rory and Rom played a lot better. Got him over Xander, who I'm excited about betting next week again. Uh, Homa over Tony. We're still in the Tony hangover phase. I It's not like he played bad, but again, if I'm going to get plus 150 against Tony right now, I'll take that with uh, Max Homa. And then Kevin Kisner, who had the quote of the day yesterday when he told someone in the uh, did you see that at all, Alex? The he laid up and somebody in the no, I didn't, uh, I didn't see that yet. Somebody in the gallery says, "Why don't you go for it? Why would you oh, lay yeah. up?" And, and he says, oh, "Why don't you go after yourself?" And then, Sorry, recognize the name. Uh, and I, you know, Chuck Hoffman's a guy I love, but I will take Kevin Kisner over Chuck Hoffman at that price, plus one forty-two. So a bunch of underdogs for me today. If I have anything going into the weekend, I will post it on Twitter. I'll post it on BetSports, and we'll get to it. Yeah, Matt and uh, producer Matt, we'll call him today. We'll give him that title because he is producing. Well, he is. That's said he did title. birdie a bunch of holes after that. And we're on to Cleveland. We're on to Cleveland, tennis. Baby. Let's, let's talk tennis. 
so much tennis, like you said, we're on the precipice of all these things. Um, we'll get to the U.S. Open specifically, but just wanted to touch on the matches that are actually today separately. Um, nothing in Chicago. That event continues on. Didn't see anything I like there. But in Cleveland, um, I did grab um, Sarah Sorba's Tormo here, who um, – I'm sorry. I can't believe I did this again. I failed to pull up who she was actually playing. But um, she's an underdog in this match. It's against a net contivate. That's right. She's an underdog in a match here that um, I have her, honestly, as a small favorite. Contivate is very good. She hits the ball with a lot of power. Um, I'm not generally sure how quickly these courts are, but she's generally better on quicker hard courts. She's had a nice week this week. Very talented player. But as I look at Tormo's year, and, and this is odd for me to say, Tormo was someone that I used to bet against a lot on hard courts. She generally was a clay court player, but this year has been really strong on the surface. Again, I have her a small favorite. You know, I'd have her minus 115, minus 120, something like that. And, you know, contemplate close to even if I was hanging lines myself. But an opportunity to grab her at plus money looks great to me. And what is coin flip match? I uh, was able to get her at plus 120, a little better than that. Plus 110, plus 115 looks fine to me. So we'll play Tormo there in Cleveland. And then for the U.S. Open qualifiers, today is the last day of qualifying. They'll wrap everything up. They'll be on. Um, I think there is up to 19 spots they have to fill with withdrawals and things like that. So we'll see how that all shakes out. We're going to take Olga Danilovic minus two and a half games here. She's playing Caroline Dahlheide, um, a veteran U.S. player who's just kind of struggled all year, kind of stumbled to wins in her first two matches here against inferior opponents. Um, Danilovic, someone who is really kind of having a nice second half of the season here and building into some form. I'm actually excited to see where she gets placed in this draw. I think she'll be fun in the first round. But I have her comfortably winning this match here. Happy to grab two and a half. Um, was able to get this at a little better than standard juice, but that's fine. If you see a three at plus money, that's fine too. Again, these are qualifiers, so it's tougher to find some things like that. Two and a half is what I'm seeing most places though. And then a parlay. These didn't go so great yesterday. Uh, went three out of three on the money lines, Andy, but unfortunately none of them were together. So we'll try to do yeah. a little bit better today. Um, Dodan's playing Christina Buska again. Uh, Buska, sorry. Buska, a young player who's had a nice year, but Dodan just far outclasses her. The money line there is around minus 185. I have that out in the 225, almost 250 range. And then Anna Kanyu, just a good player who continues to work herself back in a form. She is minus 400 against Vigeli, but I have her out to like minus 600, almost minus 800 as I start to tweak some stuff. So put the two together here, not quite even money. And uh, those are three plays. And these are all this afternoon. Give you something to do on Friday afternoon as you try to avoid work. And when is the very first match of round one for the U.S. Open? When are they kicking things off on the women's side? Monday morning at 11 o'clock Eastern in New York City. Knock on wood, assuming the weather's okay. It looks like it's going to be okay. And I'll be there. Maybe Ooh, I'll be doing the show boots. live from there. I'm going to see if I can find a spot. But boots on the ground, Andy. We'll boots see if we can do ground. a little uh, live betting if anybody has that. Do a little court sighting. A little court sighting. Yeah, would, wink, wink. We're not really going to do that. because <laughs> Don't even hang that stuff anymore, I don't think. At least not that uh, I have access to. But we finally get uh, we finally get the timing down to get some outrights for a, a tennis tournament and a big one at that. So looks like you have a, a decent uh, well, they're all long shots, I guess. I mean, Krejcikova's right there, but the big one is Samsonova. Wow, big price. Explain these to me because I don't even I, I couldn't pick most of these girls out of a lineup. Kerber for sure. It is fun 
with the Grand Slams, they'd usually do the draws late Thursday or sometimes even they'll make you wait till Friday. But draw came out yesterday. Still working on my full preview. That'll be out later today. You can find that on Twitter and a couple other different places. I'll make sure I get that on my Bedsports profile as well. But outrights, we've got four of them, um, a little bit of a smaller card. Sometimes I'll have, um, you know, up to six to eight, especially in a big event like this with 128 names. But as I start to look at the field, the WTA still does have a lot of variance. There's a lot of parity. There's a lot of women that have a chance to win this tournament. But it seems like every week that number gets to be less and less. Um, as I start to look at the draw, you know, you've got Ashley Barty in the first quarter in what is a pretty competitive quarter. But, you know, hard to see anybody really kind of upsetting the apple cart there for her. Um, not too much there. You know, as you look into the second quarter, um, you've got... Naomi Osaka down. I'm sorry, that's the third quarter. You look in the second quarter, you've got Carolina Pliskova and Bianca Andreescu. And those are two women, you know, Pliskova did make the um, second round, but I'm sorry, did finish second at Wimbledon. Andreescu, we know at a moment's notice, can snap into some great form. But I think they're just getting a lot more respect, really, than they deserve here in the outright market. So as a result of this, Andy, you kind of have a few women. Barty is the favorite. Then Osaka, then you have Sabalenka, then everybody else groups from 16 to about 22, and then you have a handful of women kind of in the 30s. And as I start to look around the draw, Krejcikova, 22 to 1, was the first name that I saw that I really liked. Um, we're getting some value on her. She is not Arena Sabalenka's quarter and is likely to play her in the quarterfinal. But I have her as pretty much even, if not slightly favored in that match. And Sabalenka is someone that we've seen falter in Grand Slams. She struggles to do well in these tournaments. Um, you know, people having a couple a day in between matches to recover and prepare for her. She also has to play Danielle Collins earlier, who's been looking very good. So as a look at Krejcikova, I think she can win her quarter. She probably will have to play Osaka in the semifinals, but... Osaka hasn't been playing much tennis and hasn't been playing well. And you listen to her um, conferences, the way she's talking about how she doesn't like being the hunted one, if you will, as opposed to being an underdog. You know, maybe she's kind of downplaying things. But I think Osaka's got a tough draw. And Krejcikova might be able to avoid her. And I think we're going to get to see her play Barty for the third time here in the final, Andy. So a 22-1, to 1, I have her coming out of this quarter, at which point we've got a ton of equity on that number. The second one we've got there, Elena Rybakina. This is someone we've bet on a few times, um, like her in a lot of these events. You know, as I mentioned, you look down there, I think Osaka's beatable. And Rybakina's sitting there in that corner. She's right near Simona Halep and Alina Svitolina, which are big names. But Svitolina, we know, generally doesn't have the overall talent and power you need to beat a lot of these players. Simona Halep is injured and I believe is actually out to being a small underdog in her first round but he still has an outright price that's kind of driving value here for us in Rybakina 33-1. to 1. She may have to face Osaka in the quarterfinals. I'm not thrilled about that, but I think she can win that match, even though she will be an underdog. And again, I'm not 100% sure Osaka is going to be there. So we'll grab Rybakina at 33-1. to 1. And then Kerber at 45-1. to 1. She had a great grass season, has really snapped into form. She's in that same quarter with um, Svitolina with Osaka with Rybakina. She's in the bottom section, so she might actually be the one to knock Osaka off. I think there's a decent chance we have two quarterfinalists here. That's kind of what I'm hoping for. I know at these odds, it's more hoping than anything. But as I look at these numbers, I, I think there's a much better chance than what we're seeing. And then Samsonova is someone that I think is still kind of criminally underrated in the market. She hasn't played a ton of tennis lately. She took um, some time off actually to get healthy and prepare for this event. 
She might have to play Andreescu as early as the third round, but I think she can win that match. I, based on what this number is telling me, Andy, I'm going to be betting Samsonova a lot in some of these individual matches, but 150 to one, happy to grab her. So four at rights for us to start. I might look at some quarter prices and other things. I'll share those again on my Twitter account, but that's what we got to start. I was just going to say, I might take some Samsonova, you know, quarter price too, just because it's tough to get somebody that deep that far. Yeah, it looks like you, like you did make some bets already. Yeah, probably. I like quarter prices quite a bit. Uh, and odds, like you mentioned, Barty's uh, or Kerber. I can't remember which, but you mentioned some of these first-round odds. There are first-round odds, and you've already slap-hammered a couple of those, especially the one at the bottom there. I like that. Full agree. That's like a price that should have been – I mean, that price makes sense like six weeks ago when she – wasn't good, but then you go on a run like that. You should get a little more respect, but I, I'll let you start at the top before we get to Sloaner. Hey, Sloaner's exciting. A few people on that one. I might actually add a little bit more. I'm going to go poke around and see if I can still find that number. We'll start with Alizé Cornet playing Owens Jabor. This is a total. They've hung it at 20. I believe I got this at minus 115. I have this to 21 um, and could make a good case for hanging a 21 and a half on this, depending on how Cornet looks. She's playing solid tennis this week, still hasn't lost. Yes, you tend to be worried about fatigue, but you have to remember with these grand slams, there's a day off in between matches, and they generally do players' favors who have long weeks before. Said another way, I don't expect this match to be day one. I think this will get bumped back to day two if Cornet makes the final um, in the tournament she's playing this week, so she'll have some time to rest and recover. She's very competitive on hard courts, I think much better than people realize Jabor is someone who generally plays long matches anyway. So happy to take the over there. We're going back to golf over Zandian. Apologies to Miss Lynette. I spelled her name wrong. There's no R in the end of that, but uh, 19 and a half. I was shocked. It's a nickname. I was shocked. I have this at 21. I don't know if I'd hang a 21 and a half here, if I'm being perfectly honest, but that looks at least a game off to me. Um, so happy to play the 19 and a half. If you have 20 at standard juice or better, obviously that's fine too. We know how good golf overs are. Lynette, again, similar to Cornet. It's kind of a similar story to the last match. You have a big name, Goff, who's a heavy favorite. And although Goff should probably be a heavy favorite, the money line, the total is sort of tied to that money line, I believe. And I think that's generally a bad way of doing things in a couple of these cases. So another example there, Andreescu, a solid favorite over Golubic. Um, Golubic is someone who had a nice grass season, has been okay on hard courts. I might find a way to back her, maybe on like a set spread or a handicap. I'm not sure yet. Um, haven't had enough time to poke around some of that stuff. But as someone who generally plays long matches, Andreescu has struggled to put anyone away all year. I think that this should be a 21 as opposed to the 20 we're getting. So three nice totals for us to start. Then we'll grab a spread. Storm Sanders minus two and a half, someone I like to back quite a bit. Um, I think she is kind of underrated here. She's playing against Masaki Doi. Uh, this is a match that I'm going to bet on and I'm not going to watch. I have no interest in seeing what this happens. There's going to be a lot of other tennis. It's going to be more fun to watch. But I think Sanders should be at least minus three and a half games, if not close to four here. So like the two and a half. Suwei Shea, the crafty veteran, plus 105 against Claire Liu. Not really sure why the American here is the, is the favorite in this match. I have Shea the favorite. She's been playing solid tennis and is generally better than Liu is. So kind of confused about that number, frankly. And then finally, as you mentioned, Sloan Stevens playing Madison Keys. This match really tough for the books. Madison Keys a big name. Sloan Stevens a big name. 
Um, neither one of them has done too much over the last year and a half. But as you mentioned, over the last couple of weeks, Sloane Stevens has really perked up. She's played some nice tennis, won a couple matches in tournaments. It's starting to look in solid form. I don't know if she can make a deep run in the spot she's in in the draw, but I have her favorite here over Madison Keys. I would have it probably minus 110 each way and maybe Sloane a, a small favorite. So happy to get her at plus money. And I know you like that as well of uh, our other compadre who gave out another consensus pick on uh, Tampa Bay. So it's, I guess it's Tampa Bay Lightning, yeah. This is our second uh, brown bag consensus with Bo. Yeah. Anytime you can get the Canadian to agree with us, I think you're in good hands. And yeah, I did play that Stevens already, and there's a couple other, like the golf over. I just instant follow those for sure. Um, and yeah, it's uh, it's NFL. We didn't have Thursday. Kind of a weird week. And it is week three. A lot of news. People are treating the preseason way differently than in previous years. I did put together a prize picks entry for tonight. Um, some exciting news on prize picks stuff next week. I'll have some cool giveaways. As in, like, if you download a prize picks uh, app, if you download the app with our promo codes, I'll give you free entries. Like I'll give you a free entry into the Thursday night where you can sit and win some money for a zero risk entry. So it'll just be credited to your account. You can do a free uh, kind of a long shot entry and make some, make some decent money on the Thursday night game. That's on top of the deposit bonus, right? Yeah. And you still can get the deposit bonus as well, but yeah, free entry um, for some stuff. I'll go over that when we get to it next week, but I went with the, a couple overs tonight, uh, Jarek McKinnon, and Nick Mullins, and these are just, again, based on who's going to be playing, we're having some some weirdness in a couple of these games based on who's playing who, everybody, like the Jets number has got steamed to the bejesus belt. The Eagles aren't really playing anybody, so you're going to see some heavy Nick Mullins time. Hopefully he gets more time than uh, Mr. Flacco, but his yardage was only in the 70s. I took him over there, and then Jarek McKinnon, I'm going to get some decent, they are, they're going to go with some starters apparently at the Chiefs, but uh, with, you know, with Hilaire and Williams out injured, you should still see a decent amount of carries for almost all of the running backs and definitely yeah. McKinnon. And he's sitting pretty high up on the uh, depth chart based on just where the injuries are right now. So him getting to basically to 20 yards playing this is a three to one or so if these two hit, I will win three times my money. And yeah, like I said, yeah. there's there's uh, four games. We'll go over a couple games before we. It's got kind of Friday, Friday jam packed Friday. Really, so I didn't bet either. NFL of these. handicap. Yeah, I, I didn't bet at either of these, but I know plenty of people who grab Jets early at minus four. It's up to minus oh, yeah. six. It just it is based on like Wilson's look good. They have a couple wide receivers that are looking good with him. One has just the blandest name in the world. I can't think of him right now, but. Uh, a, a couple of receivers in him are jiving well in camp. They, these two teams did some uh, whatever combined practices too. So I think that's the reason why you're seeing some people sitting out Colts and lions. I don't have a strong take on that one either. Uh, Eason's going to start for the Colts and then Ellinger and Hundley going to get mixed in. So that's going to be, that's what you're going to get. The Colts are a small favorite there, even though uh, I, I think the lions are going to be starting a little less of their starting lineup. Uh, I don't know if you get any preseason tonight. Yeah, I'm, I'm leaving those two alone. If you didn't yeah. get an early number on the Jets, I'd lean in, yeah. I lean Indianapolis, like you said, the, the Jets number. It's, <laughs> it's fun to see in the preseason. There's already CLV in, in play, and I don't mind the Colts minus two, but there's other things I'm going to be doing to distract myself. Jeff, so Jeff, I'll just Jeff Smith. 
Jeff Smith is the receiver. And then the other two games, there's four games tonight. They're all kind of around mm-hmm. the same time. You can't sit and do a marathon of preseason, but Steelers, Panthers, and Vikings, Chiefs. Chiefs are allegedly going to be starting some starters again. I think some core, some coaches are taking advantage of this because they're getting a week off. They get next week off before the season starts. So you can start some starters and not worry about getting them banged up right before uh, week one starts. So if you see the Chiefs starters in the first half, this might be a hell of a gift right there. Maybe yeah. Chiefs first half, Chiefs team total over first half, something like that. The Vikings have been pretty ugly in preseason, even though they're usually a bet on with Mike Zimmer. They just might not be that good. And then Steelers Panthers, I don't have uh, I don't have a ton on that one either. It is Panthers minus three there, and the you know the Steelers. I I haven't got real strong reports either way on that, and that uh, it, it was a big move off the opener, but. Based off that, that's what moved it. And, you know, from today on, there hasn't been really any updated information on that. But Steelers, uh, yeah, the Steelers were underdogs, I believe, when that one opened. So people are getting some nasty CLV in the preseason. That is a thing that exists for sure. It happens always with the football. And they're tough games. I think you're right. Chiefs first half angles, I like those a lot. Um, I might go and put a, a few shekels on that for fun. And it's Patrick brings us up. Chiefs first half line is higher than the full game. That'll happen in the preseason. Makes it does make sense. That stuff does happen. So and finally, I made my first NFL bet. Did for the regular season. I can feel you warming up. I actually I've been listening to a lot of the deep dives, and I can see you guys kind of getting antsy and ready to get some week one bets. So I'm excited. I did uh I didn't uh, these are these are what I actually placed. I can make cases for anything close to this. There are still key numbers. It, it's tough, you know. You shop, find your best numbers. But Broncos and Giants under. I am very happy about the Teddy Bridgewater news. I think that offense will be very vanilla, very checkdowny. Teddy's great. Teddy's a good game manager, but that offense does not give me any, you know, even with those good receivers and with Sutton coming back, I I still think probably a slow start for that offense, probably a slow start for the Giants offense. I'm not sure that we're going to see Saquon in week one. And I love both of these defenses. It is one of the lowest totals on the board for a reason. And I'm willing to take this down to like 41. This game lands in the thirties for most of my, most of what I'm putting together. There's going to be so many first and second down runs. Oh my God. And that's the thing awesome. too. You have two two coaches I don't really love. Two offensive coordinators I'm not in love with as well. There should be some, uh, yeah, like you said, first down first down runs would be great in that one. Field goals would be great too. And on the other end, like Patrick in the chat said, Jets defense keeps losing bodies. This Jets defense wasn't going to be high end anyway. We were hopeful for it, but it was never going to be great. And then they had what four injuries right off the bat so jets panthers over i believe uh this is another one our our buddy suma brought up too i think he's on this as well i sold this up to 44 to get plus money yeah you get jets defense versus and you know darnold you can say darnold revenge game too if you really want i guess but it is just 
anybody versus this Jets defense, and the Jets offense isn't going to look terrible. I I do believe in in what we're seeing in camp might translate to some some decent play from the young quarterback. So over forty four there, and that that's it. I haven't added much. We got two weeks yet. I probably have a pretty decent week one card. I usually do have quite a few games, and we'll uh we'll get to those when we get to them. I'm excited. I'm pumped. I, it's it's like we were talking about before the show. I am just amazed at how quickly all this stuff is kind of coming up on top of us. So a lot to catch up on, while also a lot to do at the same time. Yeah, I think we'll uh, we'll get there when we get there, and I'll see you guys. Anybody who's going to be out in Vegas, I'll see you there. Week one, I'll be out there for the first week. Actually, Drew's going to stop out. A bunch of other people will have some more info about that later next week. And like I said, look for some college content coming up very soon, possibly as soon as today. And with that, should call it a week, Alex. I think so. Um, uh, it's, let's do it. As I mentioned, a lot to get to. Not that we don't want to talk to you guys, but we got to get ready because, you know, even more is happening next week. Yeah, I got to get lunch, and then I got to work on college football stuff. So we'll see you guys. If you're in the chat, do give us a thumbs up. Um, like I said, new content coming, so a good idea would be to subscribe to that YouTube channel. That's always helpful. Then you'll find anything new. Uh, anybody who caught that Suma episode on the deep dive that was released on YouTube first, if you want the stuff first, that's where it's going to go. I'm not saying there's going to be another interview with another smart football uh, analyst next week, but I'm saying that but there will be. And it'll be it'll be a surprise when that comes out. So look for that next week as well. I love a surprise. Yeah. Have a good weekend, Alex. See you guys.